Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels episode 30. That intro went for a little bit longer because I had to look up what episode number it was because I could not remember. Thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, We have a field correspondent at the moment, a man in the action, a roaming intrepid reporter, and that is Travis, broadcasting live from his car. How are you, Travis? I'm uh, doing pretty well. Uh, Just living my best life as Le Champion. Okay. Just sitting in my uh, sitting in my car that smells like poo. He was getting uh yeah. Okay, now we're going to have to explain the car story. But before we jump <laughs> jump into why your car smells that way, um, you were getting a little bit pushy about when the belt was arriving. Uh, the other yeah. day we had a work okay. meeting, and you happened. I I heard an offhand comment, and I was like, "It's with the maker, the best belt maker I know, and the only best belt maker I know." What kind of uh, progress she's making, I don't know. But she's on it, and it will be sorted, and it will be glorious. So I have every faith that it's going to leave the IWGP World Championship, the AEW World Championship, all 500 WWE World Championships, (laughs) uh, and everything like that in the dust. Yeah, exactly. Every W, (laughs) like... Uh, wanting more. So I'm looking forward to that reveal when it gets knocked out. But just making the it from logo, scratch. The logo came out pretty damn good. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I have faith that she'll create something pretty awesome, yeah? Uh, do you want to quickly touch on the car? Because I don't think you can just, like, drop that and then people be like, okay, Travis just uh, drives around in a shit-smelling car. I mean, we could just leave it there. Okay, then let's just leave it there. Moving on. So Travis was actually... I bought, I bought a car from a farmer. Oh, the, yeah, and, and uh, then you're building it. Like you're farm. rebuilding it. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, I'm not rebuilding it. I'm just rebuilding some sense of like not smelling like shit. I was about to say, you're rebuilding all of it, but that shit smell, it's staying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like, if there's one thing we can't lose, it's the integrity of the scent of this car. <laughs> I, there's, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the like grime and dust and dirt in this car is structural support for the rest of it. But oh, that's, See, that's the risk. Maybe just go the air freshener way more than the like cleaning stuff way. I can't afford air fresheners. I just wind the windows down a bit. Mm. Anyway. Oh, well, luckily uh, you're forever alone, so it's not going to bother anybody. So uh, exactly. <laughs> moving <Ladies>. on. <laughs> Do you want to drive in a shit-smelling uh, rescued Land Cruiser? Well, now's your chance. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Travis was at my house this week, actually. We watched uh, AEW's Full Gear uh, the day after it happened. We went on social media blackout to watch it after work uh, just because our Sundays was pretty crazy. And we were going to review it then, but we were both absolutely cooked, so we didn't do it. And then this week has been a week of like, when are we going to talk about this and having absolutely no time. So at the moment, my wife is sick and having a nap on the couch. The dog is with her. And we were messaging back and forth about when we're going to do it. And we're like, do I just do it now real quick? And so that's what's happening right now, which is why Travis is on location in his car. So um, mm. jumping into it, uh, how did you feel about the show all over, Trav? You had a, we had a pretty good time with it, right? We had some pizza, had a, I, had a good night. Our first show watching together in the same room, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, first full pay-per-view, yes. Oh, we, watched, um, we watched the G1 final together, but uh, that was a very... Um, that was a bit of a. No one watched anything really until the very last. Yeah, well, it was my birthday, minutes. and we were hanging yeah. out, and people were coming in and out and stuff. So, though we were both in the same room when it happened, that was about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was the last ten minutes of uh, Sonata and Abushi with you and I just going, "Holy fuck! Holy fuck! Holy fuck!" Yeah, and exactly. everyone else just kind of going. What is happening? Yeah. Like, why aren't we all talking as a group? <laughs> <laughs> why are these guys just staring at the screen and ignoring everybody in the room? But that near yeah. fall was pretty amazing, and uh, that did get a pop from everybody in the room, so that was pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But, um, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, overall, I enjoyed it quite a bit. There were matches I was really looking forward to that I don't think landed quite how I was hoping they would, and the matches that I wasn't really looking forward to, ended up being pretty amazing. I I kind of felt the same way, hey. Like, I was like, oh, this will certainly be a banger. And then I was like, oh, that's kind of got a little bit of a weird vibe. And then 
There was yeah. ones where I was like, this is going to have a weird vibe. And I'm like, it did, but it was kind of good. So, yeah, no, hmm. I, I enjoyed it. So the first match was Kenny Omega uh, defeating Hangman Adam Page. And we, we quite enjoyed that match. Yeah. It was pretty good for the and, um, for for what it was. It was good. I was expecting this to have a lot more kind of inbuilt feels, I guess, than it did, which it did have a lot of kind of emotional storytelling running through it, but I think the big one is going to be so I'm I'm imagining in the future we're gonna get an Omega run with the belt. It's like Moxley needs to go down eventually, probably sooner rather than later, so he can disappear for a little bit and go do New Japan stuff, I guess, and just kind of retreat from the spotlight a little bit. Uh, and I'm sure that's going to lead into Hangman getting himself sober and challenging Omega. Yeah, and I, I, I would I, think that. I, I also expected more emotion out of it. I also expected yeah. kind of like more dickishness from Kenny Omega. I was like, isn't he kind of yeah. a bad guy now? But I don't think he came off that way. And especially at the end <laughs> when he like won and sort of like, put his hand on him and stuff, and I was like, thought you're a bad guy now. See, I don't think he's... That's, I don't think he's a full-on bad guy yet. I think he's just a super arrogant douche who's just, like, kind of playing into his own skill, I guess. Yeah. But like in just oh, a really arrogant way. So yeah, I don't think oh, he's douches. gone full heel. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. AEW keeps saying they don't want to go full heels or faces. Yeah, which is annoying because I like to feel one way or another. And we'll come back to this when we talk about the Young Bucks because I was also like, thought you bad now. But but anyway, so (laughs) moving on, next was probably probably one of the matches. uh, Oh, I suppose anything else to say on that one? Like, I I think it was good. I thought it had some really cool uh, exchanges. I thought the closing stretch was really high pace. I loved how Omega finished him. I liked how, like, just the knees coming and just putting him away. I thought it was really cool. Exactly, yeah. Like, Omega kept trying to slow the match down a little bit and take, like, kind of cut Hangman off at the knees, and he just didn't let him. <laughs> like, uh, there were so many times where I thought, holy shit, like, Hangman is... Like, I, I didn't think Hangman was going to win, but there was a couple of times where I thought, God damn, like, he's almost got him. Like, is, are we going to see a surprise here? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they and they knew each other so well and constantly sort of had the answer for each other's stuff, which is pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah. Hangman knew he just needed to beast over Omega. He seems like he's a bit stronger yeah. naturally. Mm-hmm. Tried to just overpower him. But uh, I was hoping he hit that last buckshot lariat so bad. I wanted to see Omega sell that and flip through the air. And I'm going to have to wait like a year, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when it happens, it'll be amazing. <laughs> oh, when it happens, it'll be so good. Exactly. You're loving the Hangman now. I you you've been quite enjoying it. Yeah, like you like sad Hangman. I feel yeah, I feel like uh, I've been sad Hangman my entire life. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I've never resonated with the character so much. Yeah, you're um, not quite as just, much of a drinker as he is, though. No, just uh, just drunk on my own. Sad, sad tears, I guess. Oh, <laughs> no, I just, uh, he's just such a relatable character. Yeah. I think they're just, doing a, uh, good, a good job, and I think his redemption arc will probably end up being something quite cool. Exactly, yeah. I think it's going to be one of the most cathartic storylines. Goes full straight and, edge. And payoff, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. <laughs> CM Punk uh, to AEW. I, I'm thinking Hulk Hogan <laughs> level. I'm thinking eating his vitamins, saying his prayers, brother. <laughs> Just leg drops Omega for that would be <laughs> fucking sick. I would be stoked with it. All right. Well, moving on from that one, I think probably yep. one of the the matches of the night for me. I super enjoyed like Cassidy and Silver. I thought it was killer. I had a great time with it. Yeah, exactly. We've been loving John Silver way back on one of the earlier episodes. We had a, a talk back and forward about who to watch for at AEW and who we think that's not the main guys that will rise in the company. And I, in that, I yeah. didn't have the balls because I didn't know enough about him to put him in my top guys. But I did give him an honourable mention for John Silver, yeah. and he's come way like into the spotlight a lot faster than I thought he would. Yeah, he's been good. Like I, um, I think he's mainly been on Dark so far, which I've seen bits and pieces of. But him on BTE is, I think, the most over. I've ever seen anyone in AEW. Mm. Yeah, B- uh, BTE is a star making like show like people yeah. go on that and that they just get people over like it's it's yeah it's incredible but like he's 
such a beast in the ring. I want to go back and find more of his uh, like indie stuff. Like I watched a quick uh, a quick match of him and Brian Cage, which mm-hmm. looked really cool. I saw a. I've seen a few snippets of him versus Statlander, which looked insane as well. Um, everything I've seen about him from when he was an indie guy, everyone's kind of saying like every match he had could have been the best card of that, like the best match of that card. Yeah, right. Well, he yeah he was CZW champion for a bit there. I'd like to go back and see some of that, like how he got that title and how he reigned with that. I think that would be cool. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'm keen for and he's amazing in the ring he's like one of the funniest uh wrestlers i think i've seen and yeah. him, him versus cassidy works so well yeah. him his reactions to cassidy uh kind of going the hands down the pockets and when then he, eventually ripping them out when he tore out the pockets and he's eating them and stuff it was funny. Uh, uh johnny really is hungry yeah he no nah, he he was cool man like and i think the transition from like doing the funny stuff into the serious stuff isn't too much of a step for him. You know, the right storyline, no. and once he's away from Dark Order and stuff, you can see him becoming somebody, you know, pretty intimidating. Yeah, yeah even him as, like, it doesn't come across in BTE, obviously, because why would it? But he, him, just how quickly he turns that character from BTE into the, like, kind of dynamite or dark character where he's actually... It's the same character, but just it seems a little bit more menacing somehow. Right. I, I yeah. see. I don't watch dark because I obviously watch tons of wrestling already, and I've yeah. always got stuff on the go and things I'm watching on IWTV and and on New Japan World and stuff. So I just I've only got time for one AEW show, you know. Um, but yeah. I, I've heard it's been really good. Like I, I don't watch a lot of it. I probably should watch more, but uh, yeah, it usually ends up on kind of in the background while I'm. Uh-huh. Uh, doing other stuff. No, it's uh, yeah, and then I'll hear a pop and I rewind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what what are they all carrying on about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought this was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that's cool. And I I think uh, the 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 journey of Silver will be interesting. Like as they they push him going mm. forward, like you could definitely maybe see him breaking away from the Dark Order, maybe a feud with Brody Lee, and maybe becoming his own guy. Yeah, that would be uh. That would be impressive. Well, he's well, the one, he's the the like kind of main henchman, right? Like Brody's always like ripping on him and and pushing him around, but and bringing him to the ring and then giving him shit and stuff. So you could definitely see him being the one that would be like sort of the breakout guy to start with. Yeah, exactly. Which kind of <laughs> him in BTE just being Brody's whipping boy is amazing. But it's funny watching them kind of transition from Stu and Evoluno to. Like the other guys, I guess. Like Who were Reynolds, just background yeah. guys. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. Beaver Boys. That, that's what they were tagging as on the Indies or whatever, the Beaver Boys. And like, yeah. they were just sort of background dudes. Like, and then Eva Luna, <laughs> Eva Luna must be spewing a little bit because it's like they debuted and the Dark Order was him. He's sitting on a throne of creepers. He's the dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's got Stu Grace and they're this menacing tag team. And then they slowly keep adding people to where he's just like the, the, <laughs> manager like who talks nice to people and is like comforting them all the time and stuff and i think he's very good yeah. at it i think he's entertaining i think he's lost like a lot of weight and it's looking really good as well but like, he, yeah he looks great but I mean, by all accounts he's a killer dude but yeah he's i think he um i think all of them fit into that group really well like uh it's a shame that they don't kind of push people a bit more on dynamite but i guess yeah. two hours yeah hard, exactly but- and i think as well they're, they're like it's a good platform to build and to do something with guys. You put them all in a faction, at least they've got a reason to walk out on the stage or whatever. And then you can start yeah. to see where that kind of goes from there. So, you know, Exactly. Uh, like, I, I think uh, five and ten have probably still seen more Dynamite airtime than the women's division. So yeah, yeah, exactly. That. Also, really funny honourable mention from that BTE when Anna Jay's like, what's wrong? And he's like, I lost my match. And it's Silver, it's just like, do you want a hug? He's like, yeah, so I need a hug. And then she goes to hug him and he just face palms her and hugs 10 instead. <laughs> <laughs> like literally pushes her by the face. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that's man. great. His, uh, yeah, his gay vibes are really funny. <laughs> yeah, I just... Uh, yeah, entertaining. His much, homoeroticism. How much, how much the Dark Order love beefy muscle boys is yeah, yeah. so funny. I want uh, I want Wardlow to join join the Dark Order 
so badly. Just as their like hunky dude. Yeah, they love him so much. Well, he's already joined the inner circle, so nothing can be done there. Anyway, moving forward. Spoilers. Well, we obviously we've enjoyed we enjoyed that match way more than it was supposed to be enjoyed on that pay per view. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Not even supposed to be on the main card. Bad yeah. outrage pushes it up. Yeah, no, nah, it was killer. It was killer. All right, uh, gold. What was next? Uh, yeah, that's a good sign. I he, believe he uh, should use that. He does. It's on a shirt. Oh, okay then. Well, then, well done. <laughs> um, I think the next match was uh, FDR and Young Bucks. Uh, wrong. Or actually, maybe you're right. I don't. Oh. I don't know or if this it, list I've got is in order. Is it the list uh, that I put together in the sheet? No. Then it's, I would trust your list more than mine. Okay, then. Well, then take the back seat, my man, because I'm trusting our faithful friends at Cage Match, and they tend to know what they're talking about. Ah, uh, I. Fuck yeah. me right off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck off, Kate Travis. Where is that? I'm fading him out. Fade out. See you, Travis. Bye. <laughs> okay, we'll bring him back. All right. Uh, it was Darby versus Cody. This was good. Yes. I really oh, enjoyed right. it. I really enjoy everything that Darby's done. I was telling you that I watched that first Darby Cody match like in an airport waiting for a plane uh, when we were going to like New Japan over East in like Sydney and stuff. And it was, mm. like, it was killer. Like, I really enjoyed it then. And he just, I, I thought the right dude won. I was even, even though I kind of expected it, I was still like, oh, they fucking did it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I thought so as well. And I was, there's still that little, I guess that bit of, uh, I mean, I don't want to rag on WWE so much, but that WWE kind of conditioning where it's just like, nah, this, surely this guy is just going to keep dicking us all around and, putting himself over forever, but no, it was a, it was a bit of a weird ending, the roll-up, but uh, yeah, overall it was a very good match. But like when you think about it, like AEW does those kind of endings a lot. Like the first, mm. the first match of on Dynamite was Cody versus Sammy Guevara, and it ended with Cody rolling up Sammy. And that's the first match of Cody's new company, and he didn't just like, it's not like crossroads. It was like rolled him up out the door, let's go. Because they're trying to do, you know, a little bit more competition based and stuff. And it was just like, and I suppose as well, yeah. they just wanted it to be like Darby got him, you know, not like Darby can hell beat Cody. Because Darby's value, I, I think anyway, is being that underdog. And that's when the when Team Taz got involved at the end and they were going to break his arm in the car door. I was like, this is perfect if they break his arm now, he has to relinquish the title. You can do a title tournament or something. And then Darby's like the uncrowned champion. And then like when he comes back or whatever, you know, he's got to do that race again. And he got robbed and he continues being the underdog. And I think that suits him real well. Like I don't think he's one that's going to be in for a super long reign or anything like that. It'll be like the, he's the guy uncrowned. Like he should be the champion, but he got fucked over and he's smaller, but he keeps scrapping kind of thing. Yeah, see, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure where they're going to go with it. He definitely looks. Um, he definitely like him being the champion seems like it opens the scene up a little bit more to guys like Silver. Um, I mean, Cassidy again. Cassidy almost beat Cody twice and uh, didn't through timeout and fuckery. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, things like Darby being the champion opens it up to a few more guys. And, and for, Cody, it to, for it seeming a little bit more competitive, even if he's beating them and stuff, it's like... Exactly, yeah. It's not like, like Cody, Cody so you expect him to be beating everybody. Yeah, Cody beat everyone pretty strongly, but put everyone over pretty well at the same time. But in the end, I guess, his arrogance at holding the belt for so long won out in the end. Yeah, and underestimating... Darby, even though he respects him and he likes him, he's like, he's not ready. Like, he's not ready for me. I'm in the best shape of my life kind of thing. And then when he gets exactly. him, he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. he, he was shook by it. Where do but, you uh, think Cody think goes now? As, uh, I'm going to see him in a feud with Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson, you no. reckon? <laughs> no. You were calling for Arn to betray him and join the Four Horsemen oh, on no. the spot. I wanted him to spine bust Cody so bad, and uh, <laughs> Arn let me down. He's kept. He's just going to keep wearing those stupid track suits and yeah, and a big face. But uh, no, I um, 
I think the next thing we're going to see from Cody is uh, a dark water feud. I think he's going to join up with the Natural Nightmares and, uh, sorry, the Nightmare family or whatever the bullshit it's called now. Yeah. And uh, I think, because that Blood and Guts match is still coming eventually. Mm. Like, well, how does it blow off if not um, now? Like, who do they put in that match now? You can't have the Elite versus the Inner Circle anymore. I mean, I guess you could flesh out uh, when our friend Pack returns. You could flesh out Death Triangle versus the family, I guess. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think Cody wants blood and guts going to anyone but himself. I think Cody wants to be in the Four Horsemen, like really quite badly. Like I think he's brought yeah. it back because he <laughs> wants to do it. So maybe it's the new Four Horsemen versus the Inner Circle. Yeah, maybe that would be I, I, that would be a big money match. Or I don't think Dark Order makes more sense right now, but I think in the long term, or or is it the Four Horsemen versus the Elite? Ah, oh, and Cody's in the Four Horsemen. But Cody's in the Four Horsemen. Who's for Sean Spears? Sean Spears all wishes he was the Four. <laughs> <laughs> he wants it so bad. But I don't know if he's sure, making um, the cut. It's a. Uh, it's a. Um, Yoshihashi situation where Sean Spears' left glove is in the inner is in the four horsemen and he's the assistant. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. When he first debuted I definitely thought he could be, but I'm not sure. I don't know he's getting a lot of wins, but I don't know. They did a lot of damage when they were making a joke of him, like during lockdown and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe they can always repair anybody. So maybe Sean Spears and them. I would go new age with it and I'd bring in Tessa Blanchard. And I do Cody, Tessa, and FTR. I mean, I could see that happening from a... And then, and then it's like uh, you could have Tully basically do Arn's famous promo. If you Have you ever heard Arn's promo, the My Spot promo? I don't think so, no. It's when he... I'm going to stuff this up. Who was it that he was inducting into the Four Horsemen? Was it Mr. Perfect? I think it was Mr. Perfect. I think it was Kurt Henning. I, if I am butchering this, I'm so sorry, but I was not watching wrestling when this happened, world. But essentially what happens <laughs> we is... We were probably not born yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, do I do one of my famous things where I just play this on the podcast without even planning it in advance? Is that what I'm doing? I think it might oh, be what I'm doing. I think so. Mm-hmm. Bring it up and while I riff. Yeah, on, uh, yeah you have a riff. Will, will AEW ever actually bring Tessa Blanchard I don't know. Well, it's it's her dad. She's been a right? free agent for well, she's been a free agent for quite a while now, and I think she's been what stuck in Mexico with uh, is it Daga or Naga or something like that. Her yeah, that's her, yeah, husband. that's her husband. Yeah. Um, from what I've read, uh, she kind of was being courted by WWE, but they didn't want any of her shit. Is really apparently quite the attitude. Who knows? Could just be faceless internet rumors, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, us at face, Faces and Seals, like we'd love to jump on a train. So, Tessa Blanchard is a big bitch. So, well, maybe, or maybe <laughs> it's something else. Who knows? You know what I'm gonna do, Travis? I'm not gonna play this live right now <laughs> because put it in, in post. I'm gonna put it in in post. So I'm going to try to put it in a post just because it looks like there's a couple of ones that may sort of be it and some that are quite long. So it's probably better if I just queue it up uh, and and drop it in. But anyway. And, and listeners, this is the point where I tell you you're never going to hit that promo unless you find it yourself. Yeah, well, exactly right because maybe I don't have the time. So if I haven't, I'm going to leave in all this bit where I'm like, I'm not here to spoon feed you. Go sort it out yourself. <laughs> uh, but if I have done it, then this is where I'm dropping it in. Eugene, all I can tell you, to get a response like this means what I got to say tonight mean that much more. You see, I'm a realist, and everybody knows I've got average size and speed and average ability, but I've parlayed that into what I would call a very successful career. And I did that on sheer will alone. But another reality is, four months ago, they took four vertebrae out of my neck. Consequently, I'm left with a hand 
My left hand, too weak to hold a glass, too weak to button a button. But I thought in my mind, I knew in my mind I could overcome that too, through sheer will. And I was doing just like that. I think I've come back a long way. But the other day I had something happen in the gym that was like a cold slap in the face of reality. A guy about your size, Gene, came up and he slapped me on the back and he said, Double A, where you been? We hadn't seen you on TV. And just that slap sent a jolt through me and I dropped the water I was drinking and just for a second my system shut down and it became crystal clear as I watched the few little drops of water draining out of that bottle, the symbolism that was involved. It was like someone had turned an hourglass over and the sand was running out on the career of Arn Anderson. Now the fact of the matter is, not only do I put myself in a suicide situation by trying to wrestle again, I endanger these two men's careers and I respect them too much for that. And other than be anything than the enforcer in my best friend's eyes, I'd rather walk away. And for all you people out there that have ever bought a ticket to see Arn Anderson wrestle, whether you love me or you hated me, you knew that when that bell rang, you got all I had that night. Whether I won, whether I lost, I gave you everything I had. And you knew that. And when you did this to me, that was your acknowledgement. Well, the fact is, I got nothing left to give. And I want you to remember me as I was, not as I am. But being the man that I am, my last act, formerly as a horseman, I got one last challenge. And that's to you, Kurt Henning. Now don't misunderstand me, it's not for a fight. You got something special. I've seen you in this ring, your skills, your maturity, your commitment to excellence makes you something special. And what my challenge is to you, Kurt, is stand beside my best friend, Ric Flair, and lead these two men back to the glory and the prominence that the four horsemen once had. And I'm going to tell you what your prize is. It's not a spot with the horsemen, because this is worth a lot more than that to me. I'm going to give you the only thing I got left. Not a spot, not a spot. I'll give you my spot. Wow, Kurt Hennig. You know, I know every wrestler that's ever been around or involved in this business we call wrestling who would pass up the honor to not only be a horseman, but to come out and take Arn Anderson's spot as the enforcer of the four horsemen. I have only one thing to say. It would be a privilege. Hey, what about that? I think we made book finally. Tony. Bobby. History of the making. New member of the four horsemen officially tonight. Kurt Hemming. So, Travis, what happens is he wants to bring, like, Arn is actually going to retire, like, shoot real in, in real life. And he thinks that the perfect guy to replace him in the NW, um, NWO, Jesus Christ, I'm reading it straight off the thing here. Uh, the Four Horsemen in WCW is Kurt Hennig, uh, Mr. Perfect. Mr. Is, Perfect, yeah. yeah. Somebody he respects a lot, they vibe, they travel together, all that stuff. And in the promo, what he says is, I'm not just offering you a spot in the Four Horsemen, I'm offering you my spot in the Four Horsemen. Like, I'm stepping aside for you. And you could see, because at the moment when Tully and FTR hang out, they always throw up like three fingers, like it's the three of us kind of thing. You could see yeah. Tully stepping aside for somebody, still managing. So the four horsemen as a group are like five people or whatever with managers. They've had more than four before, but yeah, it's I kind of like he five. steps aside and lets somebody else in kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. So that, that would be good. Yeah, because yeah, I think we've talked about this before. You could potentially even have six and have the four horsemen with Arn and Tully. Yeah, exactly right. But they're not active kind of thing. Yeah, they're just the brains. 
Cool. Now let's pre- pretend I dropped it in and we're like, oh, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that was the most hardcore promo I've seen in my goddamn life. Man, Arn means it. Arn means it. Uh, I don't know how I'll drop this in uh, amongst everything we've said, so maybe I won't, maybe I will. Either way, I will figure <laughs> it out. Uh, but, yeah, as you can see, you could see how, like, yeah, he could step aside for, say, his daughter kind of thing, but do like a, I am offering her my spot kind of thing and do that. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, just I mean, a thought. I mean, any anyone in the uh, – any kind of people they could bring into the women's division would be great because mm-hmm. they're floundering pretty hard at the moment with so many, uh, so many people yeah. being – not able to get there. Absolutely. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, and that's the perfect segue into the next match, which was the AEW women's title match, um, which, we'll be honest, already getting pretty tired, did not watch all of. We're kind of watching it in double speed, but we did love the Avalanche Falcon Arrow. That got us interested, and we did did love, like, the hair pull spots where, like, Nia could have pulled her away but lifted her up by her hair, (laughs) and then Sheeta does it to her after that that fa- know, avalanche yeah. falcon out and just had the most insane look on her face like let's go and we were the, we were loving it i think yeah the first time i've ever seen like a face break a pin yeah it, uh, it was intense yeah no nah, it, it was really good but uh, i i think they're they we were we were sad how like we definitely thought their like last match was a lot better and we thought that by the yeah. end like those hits weren't really looking they were looking tired you know, like, yeah. and yeah, they weren't really uh, hitting home. Yeah, exactly. It didn't. Yeah, it was. It was still a good match, um, but it was just. Yeah, it it didn't seem like it was quite up to what the last one was, and uh, I'm the main disappointment for me was that we didn't see uh, Vicky Guerrero get hunted into the ring. Yeah, that was hard. that was super weird. That Nia was just like, "Yeah, you're right." Like. <laughs> Yeah, it was just the, the, the I'm I'm a, I'm picking like eventually there's going to be a big face run for her at some point in the future when mm. she uh kind of fights back at the abusive Vicky Guerrero abusive relationship. Yeah, figure. we were hoping it would end mostly because we were hoping Vicky Guerrero would go away. But no, no, I hate I hate her voice so much. Like <laughs> exactly, we know that's the point, character. but we still she's, hate uh, it. She, yeah, she's just. Oh. Yeah. She does her job well, I guess. <laughs> I've heard so many people come up in the shop like that, and I'll just it's PTSD every time. Yeah, exactly. Oh well, let's let's move you straight past it uh, into the world tag team match: Young Bucks uh, defeating the uh, FTR. FTR. I almost said the revival. <laughs> uh, uh, what did you think? I thought it was good. Uh, I'm very surprised that a lot of people are calling it the best tag match ever. What? Um, See, I don't read yeah. reviews. I give reviews. Like I don't. <laughs> motherfuckers! So I, like, I, I don't. I never read this kind of stuff. I do feel like I need to go back and watch it because I started to like sort of pick yeah. up on them doing all the other tag teams finish it moves and things like that, which is cool. Yeah. But I also think like. Just shouting out every tag team ever doesn't make it the best match ever. And I thought the the ending was yeah. kind of weird and out of nowhere. And I, I get it. Like, so Cash is like, now he's going to try play their game. And then, you know, he misses and then it costs yeah. him and he gets it. But like, well, he, Matt, he who is injured, them. gets a super kick and that's it over. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it was an interesting match. I definitely feel like they could have built this. And that's, I think they've said themselves they're not super happy with how they handled the build. But if you build it up to the point where there's, like, it's a longer story than it is now, I think they were falling back on just the dream match aspect and rushed it a little bit. Yeah. And you know what? Like, all the Healy Young Bucks stuff they were doing, like super kicking Shivani and stuff like that, that hurt it too. Because I'm like, if I want to see the Young Bucks win and them to be the good guys against the dastardly FTR who are breaking ankles and stuff like that, then I want to be behind yeah. them 100%. But instead, you're like, well, those guys are kind of dicks. These guys and are just so are trying are to maintain, maintain the thing. But I'm like, at least they're only attacking another wrestler after a match. And it's like, 
fuck Matt Jackson. Who even cares? I hope FTR win. And so I found myself feeling like FTR were the good guys that I was rooting for and not the Young Bucks. And so then it happens at the end and I'm not like, oh, that was so heroic how injured Matt managed to just get up on that foot and get us. I'm like, who fucking cares? He sucks. Like he's attacking, you know, non-combatants in the arena like for no reason, like just being a prick. Like, yeah. To get his spark back. And yeah. uh, I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. And then when it's like, and then the moment they put like the thing, the stipulation on it, like we need to win or we're never challenging for them again. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Cody already did it. And yes, you could go down the same road as him. It seems super unlikely you're going to. So I feel like they even spoiled their own match. So I feel like they just got in their own way. And to say it's the best ever is fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? If, if this has had a, like a way bigger build than it did, it gets to the point where, like, uh, Matt being injured was a good angle. Uh, like, I could say, like, they can't... But it's also if, an if angle that they do all the time. He had an injured back yeah. for about six years. Like, <laughs> just slight exaggeration. But they do that, and it's always Matt that's injured as well. Like, well, I'm saying if you use that, though, and say, if you want to segue into kind of being a recap of all the greatest tag teams ever, Matt is injured, so they can't pull off their spots So and to put FTR down. So they're using they're, two, they're going through yeah. like the library of of other exactly. tag teams. Yeah, exactly. And you use it because they can't put them down. SCR are a really tight team, work really well. The reason they ended up losing in this match is because Cash knocks Matt down, looks for his partner, he's not there, and goes, "I don't know how to finish this by myself." Yeah, without the spike. So then he goes for the four fifty goose super kicks in the face. Done. Yeah, and that in in that, don't you think it kind of makes Cash look a bit dumb as well? Their whole thing is no flips, just fists, and then he's like, "I guess I'll do a flip when the yeah. chips are down." Like that, that's not cool either. And uh, he was like a exactly. monster that match, diving in and out of the ring like an absolute beast. And then it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I didn't didn't I like mean, the ending it, at all. I mean, it plays well for them as a tag team, where like kind of that's their fault is that they're so uh, ingrained in each other's like in each other's fighting style that he doesn't know how to finish a match without it. And then I guess he goes, oh, they've been playing kind of our game this whole time. I'll see if I can play theirs. And mm. just, it didn't work out in the crucial moment. But mm. yeah, I don't know. I I kind of went into the match thinking, I think we both did, thinking that Young Bucks were winning and thinking it was like he was cutting FTR's reign real short. Yeah, and uh, that's the other thing as well. I thought that was too short. I, I think they didn't need the stipulation. I think they could have yeah. Matt injured. That's the excuse they lose, and FTR just keep capitalizing on it. I also think yeah. that you're 100% correct about using the other tag team's moves. And so why not? When they, when they got young, so they injure Matt's ankle, right? And then next time at Dynamite, they also attack them again, and they've got them both down. So... This is my logic. So now why are you injuring Matt Moore? Nick's right there, man. Yeah. Waste him. And then they're both fucked. And then you know they can't do the Meltzer driver. They can't do they can't do their super kicks. They've both got busted ankles. So now they're doing like the heart attack. Now they're doing the DIY thing. Now they're doing like like they're trying the Legion of Doom Doomsday device. You know what I mean? They're yeah. they're just like we're going back to being kids and we're just using like our favorite tag team. They're doing three Ds and shit because they're trying yeah, to do three. stuff that doesn't involve like high impact ankle stuff. Like yeah, three D twist of fate. Uh, yeah, three three twist of fate into the Swanton bomb. All the shit they did, but like for a reason. <laughs> yeah, for a reason. And like, don't have FTR throwing in any of those. Have FTR staying to their grindy ways. And it's just Young Bucks like throwing spots, trying to make stuff work. And now I'm yeah. getting worked up about it. I don't like the match <laughs> at all. And I think anybody that thinks it's the best is absolutely wrong. <laughs> Especially when you come in, uh, when you come back to like Revolution uh, and Hangman and Kenny versus the Young Bucks. Like, Way better. That match was that. Like I, so that was one of the ones where I hadn't kicked onto AEW at that point. I bought Revolution specifically so I could go back and watch pretty much just that match. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see 
because uh, I kind of knew everything that happened. I wanted to see Cody versus MJF, mm-hmm. uh, which I think was that night. I wanted to see Mox and Jericho because I think that's where he won the title. And I wanted to see that tag team match. And that match blew me away. It was maybe a little bit long and it maybe had some kind of spots where you had to be like a massive nerd about the story to understand exactly what was going on. But like, God damn, that match was good. Yeah, it was killer, man. And I just think sometimes people like on the internet will say it's a great match just because they're supposed to say it's a great match. You know, I thought it was a good match. Like I enjoyed it, but to say it's like the, like one of the best ever is just simply not true. Like it's, uh, you know, and everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I can also tell them their opinion is wrong because I'm entitled to let them know that. It was a, it was a good wrestling match, but like wrestling is all I all I can see is missed opportunities going in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All I can see is missed opportunities, and they're such good storytellers, like as well. That I'm like, how did you guys miss this? It's all there, like it's all yeah. there. You've got two of the like literal best tag teams ever. You guys have been wanting to work together for ages. How'd you fuck it up? Like I don't, I don't get it. And like, maybe they don't think they did. I, I mean, you said that they said they weren't super think, happy with yeah, that. If- FTR were apparently not particularly happy with the build. I don't know about the young box, but yeah, yeah, exactly. They've been they've been pretty good at long term storytelling so far. Like mm. the Hangman thing has been going on since double, like the first double or nothing. Yeah, um, like Kenny, uh, like the the elite, I guess, has been happening for a long time. The Four Horsemen has been teased, yeah, yeah, forever. Um, well, I suppose uh, I suppose one thing to say is that like maybe it's not over. Maybe this is one part of the story, and then they're gonna, you know, swap them back and forward just a few times and stuff like that. But it was just such uh, a big built match, I think. You know, I would imagine they'd have to, but at the same time, I mean, if that's the case, why blow your load so early? Like, why, yeah, why put all that shit into the very first? Because you match? could continue to build, like, you could continue to have young bucks lose, and then it's like, well, we were wrong. We're not the best. They are the best until the day that they are the best again. Like, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. how you could do it. But Which yeah, is, it's weird as well because where does this leave the tag team division now? So FTR just lost. Um, who else is out there? I think Proud and Powerful. Yes, I think yeah, all Proud and Powerful are fucking jobbers now for some reason. Yeah, I was um, li- I was listening to them on Jericho's thing, and I was like, man, they need to be doing some stuff. Hey, eh? they're so good. They need to be in that title contention mix. Yeah, I hope they come back into it soon. Like, uh, yeah. to be honest, I'm kind of hoping that uh, this MJF and Wardlow thing ends up splitting up the inner circle entirely, um, and everyone kind of goes their separate ways and does what they're good at. Mm. But uh, or at least if yeah. they're they're staying together, they're at least um, doing stuff like not just backing up Jericho all the time. Like they're actually yeah, not just being Jericho's henchmen. But, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I think you've got like who you got? You got Jurassic Express. You've got uh, Private Party. You've got um, who have beaten the Young Bucks before uh, via sneakiness, I guess. I don't know if it's going to happen again. Uh, you've got Best Friends, who I think might actually be the best rated, like the highest ranked tag team. Mm-hmm. And I don't see them, as much as I love Best Friends and I'd love to see them take down the Young Bucks just to piss off Jim Cornette. I don't think that's happening. Yeah. Um, who else is there? Like, uh, if. if Team Taz are probably going to be doing like more individual stuff. I really think it's just not over with FTR yet. Yeah, like, like I think they're they're just going to do a lot more there. All those other guys will be in the mix and stuff, but FTR will be like the main threat because if, if FTR see, uh, in the title picture, what are they doing? Like nothing. Exactly. Yeah, I did see someone fantasy book uh, Hangman Page and Brandon Cutler into a tag team. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird fantasy because, uh, because Hangman is. Uh, so down in the dumps and uh, Brandon is like, oh, just come do some tag matches with me. And uh, they end up like kind of amicably breaking up when they continue losing. <laughs> That's pretty I funny. Like, I thought you were going to say, he's like, got no friends, so he just goes and like plays Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> uh, 40K. Yeah, exactly. I've got no problem with that. That's a, that's a, that's a face move. Um, yeah. All right, then. So moving on from that anyway, anyway I, I got me, got me down now. I think about people enjoying it when it wasn't that great, but. Uh, <laughs> not that. I just think sometimes things are overpriced, like just to what be overpriced. Think, what do you think, listeners? Yeah, am I am I off base? Please uh, tell me so on Twitter. Light me up. Yeah. I got literally no problem with it. Uh, at, our, uh, at our Twitter handle, which is 
Faces and feels so faces feels cast on Twitter, faces feels cast on Instagram. Come at me, bro. Yeah. Tell yeah. us, tell us we're wrong, and uh, it was the greatest match ever. And, yeah. uh, and then I'll we'll tell say, you, you in turn are wrong. You. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll attack you with memes of some kind. All right, yeah. uh, next on from that was uh, there's the, no time for intelligent debate anymore, right? No, no, they'll just get some kind of like. Parks and Recreation, Ron Swanson meme, like I hit Brandon Kirk with that time. <laughs> when I got his name wrong, I was sharing gifts of him at ICW, uh, No Holds Barred, and I – oh, it wasn't him. I, I got, got his wife's name wrong, unfortunately. I, I think I put Katie Kirk, and her name is Casey Kirk. Uh, still haven't learnt it, obviously. Um, Unforgivable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he was like um, – he was like – her name is her name is Casey, I think. I'm I'm just burying it. I don't even remember what her real name is. Anyway, long story short, I'm not going to. And uh, one guy was like, "Chill the fuck out, Brand. Fill the fuck up, Brandon. Hang on, where is it? Okay, yeah. So he's like, "It's Casey, goddammit. And some guy was like, "It's a simple mistake, Brendan." And I was like, "Yeah, chill the fuck out, Brendan." And then I shared that great meme of Ron Swanson that says, "When people get too chummy with me, I like to call them by the wrong name to let them know I don't really care about them." <laughs> Exactly. He liked it though, so he's a good sport. He was he was there for a, a fun time, and I am sorry I got it wrong, but uh, it was very early in the morning, and I was doing my best to keep up with all the all the hot gifts flying off my phone. I know, you, just, uh, you can't mess with the gift factory, mate. No, ah, exactly. Slow down or it run you over. That's it. that's what happens, and especially anyway, well, I'm doing it at like eight in the morning. Like I'm waking yeah. up and doing this stuff, so yeah, it's we wild. live in a, we live in Perth, Australia. People, the time difference is fucked. The the fact that I give a fuck about that stuff on the other side of the world is ridiculous. <laughs> it's a stupid hobby to have, but I love it. So leave me Wrestling be. Wrestling pay per views is eight o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. I've been like, watching deathmatch tournaments at two a.m. in the morning, <laughs> like finishing like a night out and then going to sleep for a couple of hours and then watching them live because I'm a fucking idiot. So this is the kind of stuff that I do. Um, all right, so we go keep on moving. We go wrap this up in a in a hot hour. Uh, elite deletion match. We actually yeah. enjoyed it more than we thought, but then the ending was very weird. It, uh, it yeah probably went a little bit long, but uh, I yeah I was not excited going into this match whatsoever. I thought this was going to be. I just kept waiting. I was like, at which point do one of these guys actually kill each other? Tell me this. Tell me this. Pop quiz. Had you known Gangrel was involved before, would you have been more excited? Yes or no? I mean, I saw a lot of speculation that Sting was turning up, <laughs> which I did not see happening. Myself. No, that seems unlikely. Um, that seems heavily unlikely. <laughs> yeah, I thought because uh, Sting's contract uh, came up very recently with WWE. Oh, like his legends, legends. Yeah, his yeah. legends contract. Did he not renew it? His, I guess not. Yeah. Oh. Maybe he's holding out and uh, pretending that AEW is going to give him that Legends contract. Yeah, yeah, or like holding out like, you better give me more money or I'm going to start doing appearances. Yeah, exactly. Which I'll be I, in the I, rafters. Yeah, everyone, because they kept teasing, like, oh, you are, uh, they, AEW kept kind of playing it up as well and going, oh, you'll, you'll never, uh, you'll never see blah, blah, blah coming or whatever it is, like going back over all the surprise debuts they've had over the last few years. <laughs> and it was Gangrel. Yeah, I was like, maybe someone is turning up. Like, I, I don't think it would be Sting, but maybe. Well, I saw, like, um, news reports where, like, after it happened, when I was actually back on social media, when it was, like, WWE legends appear at AEW event. And I'm like, <laughs> it's a little bit Hurricane stiff calling. I, I mean, Gangrel. I love Hurricane Helms, man. And I suppose oh, he right. is a WWE legend. It has Gangrel. Like, they're definitely famous. But legend, I'm thinking... Yeah, you think of the greats, like the super greats. Or is it just uh, the PG era is so average that even the bit player and the uh, kind of you're not attitude wrong. and ruthless aggression eras are now legends? Yeah, you're not wrong. I'll be honest. Hurricane Helms is a legend, though. I don't know if Gangrel makes legend the, status. See, I don't think he was even there uh, that long. I, uh, I don't think anyone can top his entrance. And uh, he made Edge and Christian, so... There's that, but I still struggle to find a better feud than Hang, uh, Hurricane Helms versus The Rock. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. We can't that get was, waylaid uh, on this. My dog has just come in, kicking the door down, ready for food. So we need to we need to wrap this up fast because she's going to start woofing and biting me and stuff. So 
so anyway, uh, you should watch the Elite Deletion match. It's it's fun. The weird murder of Sammy at the end, where Private yeah. Party happily help him dispose of the corpse, is was a very strange vibe. And then fireworks celebration. So it was very everything, weird. Everything once he closed the what is it the the dome or the pyramid of whatever like. When they were in his garage, whatever he calls it, the dome of deletion. That point, the dome of deletion. Everything from that point got a little bit murdery. But and, the part uh, just before that, when Sammy had came up on him and he was right in the door of the dome of deletion, and he had the sledgehammer, and then Matt called for Skarsgård, and the the, blo- the boat came out of nowhere and wasted him. Was really good. Uh, the run-in by Skarsgård, nobody I, saw coming. I said earlier, I said, please tell me there's a dilapidated boat coming. You, you, you did. It was life. the first thing you said. <laughs> and it did, and he, he made a run-in, so that that was pretty great. But, yeah, anyway, uh, weird. What else can you say about it? Next up, um, what did you think of MJF and Chris Jericho? I kind of like the ending, but at that point, whether I was too tired or didn't really care, I felt like it was sort of dragging a bit for me. Yeah, I um, I expected a little bit more intensity when when he was like you know calling him soft and all that. I thought they'd be be a bit more hard and fast, like a really quick paced brawl type match. Yeah, I thought. Uh, I don't know. I, was, I guess I was probably a little bit disappointed overall. I think the ending was pretty good. The uh, the Eddie Guerrero spot is always yeah, amazing. I did like that. The um, but over, yeah, overall, I just kind of he kept saying like I'll do anything to win. Uh, like anything and was emphasizing it and I don't know if that was I don't know what that was kind of yeah angling towards I don't know it it, like, I suppose I'll, it's a good a good with the ring yeah yeah like, uh, I suppose it was kind of a good um a good outcome for the story because he didn't actually yeah. beat Jericho so Jericho's like oh I can let him in he outsmarted me but he didn't beat me because if he beat him Jericho probably wouldn't have let him in anyway and and all that kind of stuff I just don't think it needed to be like a 16-minute match. No. And, uh, t- like, I I think Jericho's, as much as I hate to say it, I think he's kind of getting past his prime quite a bit now. Oh, I mean, I still think he's got a lot in him, but I, I'm just, I can be a little bit unconvinced by MJF's matches, you know. He's definitely, I've seen him do some really athletic stuff. He's a killer promo. I've seen these things, but like whenever I just watch his matches, I'm a little bit disconnected from him. I I think when Jericho said that he thinks he's a bit soft or lacking intensity, that's kind of what I feel from him. Like his matches are sort of, I don't know, a bit WWE for me. Yeah. I, to be honest, I would hope, I hope, I'd like to see him become, and I know a lot of people would hate this. I'd like to see him become, uh, kind of like a mix of Orange Cassidy and uh, Jay White. <laughs> okay, where that's an interesting combination. Fuck, he fucks around like the Orange Cassidy thing is. He just fucks around until you provoke him into kind of attacking, ball, just attacking. But with the instead of putting his hands in his pocket, he's just doing Jay White levels of. Kind of shit fuckery and rolling yeah. out of the ring as soon as the match starts and yeah, mocking the audience and saying how much better he is and avoiding the fight. Yeah, which exactly. I guess isn't really his character because he can go kind of. He seems like he's like oh, I'm an old fashioned wrestler. I'll, I'll kind of wrestle you thing, but I don't know. That never really seems to come across in his matches as well. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm kind of the same with him. So I, I think he, but he's so young. Like he's got so much yeah. potential. So I, I think he'll find it. And he's, I mean, he's around some amazing teachers and stuff. Maybe as well is just like, I haven't seen him in the right combination, like like with the right yeah. opponent, you know. When, when he's exactly. wrestling guys like Cody and Chris Jericho, they are that sort of bit more WWE style, you know. Um, yeah. And so maybe if you know, I I didn't mind the I, he he had that match with Moxley, right? I didn't mind that Moxley match. I think that was pretty good. Mox, I I think his match with Cody was probably my favourite, to be honest. Yeah, right. Um, right. Moxley, it had a lot a lot better story to it. Yeah, Moxley, I'd never really saw him ever getting a win there. Mm. Uh, no, no, he, that was he the thing didn't about really it. come across as believable. He worked like he was smart and he worked Moxley a lot and he worked the arm, I think, to get him into like the submission moves. Uh, but it's just, 
Yeah, I don't know. Also, as well, like um, dominant wins. I don't know. Maybe they happen on Dark or Dynamite, and I just never paid attention to them. But like with beating Jericho, with doing the Eddie Guerrero thing, with Moxley trying to use the ring, and then Moxley like kicks him in the he, nuts and stuff. I've never really seen him just have a, a brutal win over anybody. And he's he has, like got the submission. Like I feel like he just needs like a power finisher or whatever. He has. Uh, he has that. What is it? The heat seeking missile. I've seen him. Uh, I have seen him squash like a few kind of jobbers they've brought in, but never anyone kind of on the roster, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, maybe they're saving it up. Maybe he finds something and, and kicks yeah. it up. But yeah, either way, always enjoy Jericho, so it's fine. Maybe once, uh, yeah, maybe once they do the Wardlow face turn and he doesn't have his big boy kind of bodyguarding him. He'll, yeah. uh, then, then he has to start fighting for himself kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how Which he goes. It could be an interesting story. Hmm. It could be indeed. All right, next match, AW World Title I Quit match. John Moxley defeats Eddie Kingston. I only had one note, and it says the King is King, and I just think Eddie Kingston's the best thing to ever happen to AW. Like I just think he's so fucking good. Yeah. Man. Like he's just so talented. That was I. I really liked that match. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. Like, I, um, it was really good. And I was so tired, like, but I was like digging yeah. it hard. I need to go back and watch that too. I yeah, there's a couple of matches I want to rewatch. Like I do want to rewatch. Uh, uh, to be honest, most of the pay per view. To be honest, um, I'll probably give it all a whirl again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I particularly wanted to watch this because we were pretty done at this point. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And I suppose uh, when you also watch pay per views with friends, as much fun as it is, you're not really paying as much attention either because you're sort of talking and you know and yeah. laughing at spots and cheering and stuff like that, which is super fun. But when you're trying to actually review it, sort of in a critical thing, then it's not as much. And I mean, I'm I'm never really going to review stuff like this is a five star match or I love this maneuver or work rate or anything like that. I just always give sort of my gut kind of thing. I dug this sort of vibe, you know. Um, yeah, but but I, but I, like I, I feel like that match deserves a bit more attention. It was just a death match, but in AEW, but it wasn't the big flashy kind of Kenny and. No, it was just a fight match. It was just a fight between two guys who used to be friends. Yeah, and, uh, and they, they told that story it. great, and even and like at the end as well, when Mox is just like it's over now, and he's like, "Life, fuck, it's over." Like, yeah, yeah, and then you watch him in that. That DPA promo man episode, breaks your heart, right? Like where he's just crying, and uh, I was it's like, the realest, mo- realest motherfucker. And what a man as well! Like he comes as such a hard man, such a brutal dude, but he's also like man enough to like cry and yeah. like show emotion about this shit that means so much to him, you know. And it's like this is who this dude is. This isn't bullshit. He's yeah. like this is what he lives, and and he's amazing, man. I think I think he really is amazing, and I, I really yeah. enjoy. Um, Sorry, you go. Well, no, that was it. Like, I just, I, yeah. I think he can get to the top. I would have loved it if they put the title on him. And I, th- I think, yeah. he, I, I would love I think to it, think he, uh, he could see gold in that company. You could see a, like a longer term storyline where ends up as a face, and you could see him finally winning it, and it being like the biggest shit ever. Yeah. Well, maybe because uh, it, it seems like with that uh, pack promo, I'm guessing he's coming back real soon. Uh, I haven't watched Dynamite yet, so he might already be back. Yeah. Uh, like I'm seeing, uh, like this, you got the what was uh Lucha Bros and Pat called Death Triangle? Yeah, Death Triangle. For yeah, like Death one second. Versus, <laughs> yeah, and then Corona. But yeah. I'm, I'm seeing something happening there where Pat comes back. Maybe Pac, uh, or maybe this combined with that feud push Eddie into a face turn. Or like as spicy as you're going to get in AEW, I guess. But yeah, I I think so. You could definitely see that being a nice uh, vehicle to sort of get him there, where it's sort of mm. sort of him against his against the wall, and his whole family's like against him, and yeah. you know, and that that journey. You could definitely see that happening, and that would be. I could see cool. a killer TNT run for him as well, mm. and you could get that a lot sooner, I think, than a than a world title. More than a world yeah, exactly. title run, I think they'll Especially keep that world they... title as pretty rarefied here. Yeah, I think that's going to be like a pay-per-view only ever kind of thing. Yeah. Like how the Intercontinental title used to be the workhorse belt. Uh, and obviously Cody loves that belt as yeah. well. He got them to bring back the classic design and everything. Yeah. I think he likes the idea of having that workhorse belt and then the world title is 
the world title. Like, yeah. it's special. Exactly. No, I, I, think, um, I think it's cool. But I think they're doing great yeah. work. I'm so this, glad they signed him, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, this match was brutal as well. Like, that, uh, that I'm, like, 100% certain that was the real rubbing alcohol. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> they, know, they don't uh, seem like the kind that want to fake it, right? <laughs> no. And I, I saw something about how someone was saying you could see it dried really quickly on the mat, and that's, like, that's rubbing alcohol. It dries immediately. Um, yeah, wow. And I was just like, I can't see... John Moxley and Eddie Kingston going, oh, we'll just, here's our gimmick, the uh, rubbing alcohol. I was like, nah, that's... Uh, <laughs> that's not how they do it, eh? I mean, that was a real barbed wire he wrapped around his arm. And talk about, like like I was saying to you on the night, the sort of bookending John Moxley's thing. Like, he has that yeah. video of him breaking out of WWE and you see him, like, wrapping the barbed wire around his fists and stuff and then finding a way to actually use that in a match in, like, a really cool way with that bulldog choke of Eddie's, like, on him. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was it was cool, man. And it's, like, insult to injury, but, like, he's also trying to, like, you know, make sure he doesn't hurt it, like, like too much because he wants him to be his friend. And, yeah, it's, uh, it was just great. Like, it was killer. It, yeah. Feels. I, I really this is what it's it. all about, Travis. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, him, uh, like, seeing the bubble go into his neck. Um. And, and Moxley taking off that barbed wire at the end, you can see it coming out of his arm. Like, he literally starts bleeding and stuff because he just just real barbed wire, eh? <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, it was brutal. But was I, brutal. Did, uh, I did like Kenny coming out at the end and saying, I'm not playing your game next time. Yeah, it's going to be a real match, a real wrestler's match. It's not hardcore bullshit. It's like man versus man, athlete versus athlete kind of thing, which will be yeah. to Kenny's advantage. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't see Mox retaining against Kenny again. Uh, I did see though. Um, they need to pick up steam on Kenny's push, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, kind of start as they start that rivalry. Like, have him. I think lean more into the dickishness and stuff, and yeah, uh, make that kind more. of clear that he's he's the heel in the situation. Yeah, far more. I mm. I don't see Moxley ever being a full heel. He just seems like the uh, uh, too much of like a. Badass, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, he's the stone cold, I guess. But, yeah, um, exactly. And and he's yeah, doing I, it really well, man. Like he's completely won me over. I was not excited when he came to AEW. I was there when he rocked up at at, at double or nothing. And I mean, oh, I didn't yeah. give a fuck. Like we we're like, of course he's here, whatever. Like not even caring because Tarsi was just Dean Ambrose. You know, like a lot of damage had been done. I had had my moments with the Shield where I liked him and stuff, and and moments when he was like without them that I liked him and had a laugh or, or things like that. But I never liked his matches. He used to slingshot lariat. Thing. Like I just I just didn't like it at all. And so I was like, I, they're like the biggest signing, and I'm like, literally, who gives a fuck? Like, and I've seen <laughs> that. Uh, I've seen that rebound lariat, and what a piece of shit! It's literally a piece of shit, right? And I met I met John Moxley one time at like a WWE VIP thing. Um, yeah. and got a photo with him and stuff when he was Dean Ambrose. He was cool. He was pleasant. He was like a nice dude and stuff. And I watched him versus, like, basically in the front row versus Seth Rollins in, like, a, a Hell in the Cell situation. And and it was really cool and stuff. But, yeah, he was just Dean Ambrose to me, so I didn't really care. And he's come a long way to, to basically re-establish himself and build himself. And New Japan went a long way with that. And then now uh, and giving him that sort of credibility, you know, going through the G1 and then going into... AEW, he's, he's managed to really rebuild himself in the way he wanted to be portrayed, which is really cool. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, he's uh, undefeated in 2020, as far as I'm aware. Uh, I think he had a... They, said, had no, that, they, uh, they said he was, yeah. He had that shoot... Well, he had that... Uh, not shoot fight. He had that fight with Karrion Cross in the independent show where they both went to, I think, either a timeout or a double countout or something. It was like a non-finish... Um, as a teaser, I guess, for something else. And then Karrion Cross went to NXT and then disappeared from NXT. Yeah, exactly. Went and got signed and, and got injured and stuff, but they, they were wanting to deal with each other, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, so it's, he's in, like, a powerhouse. It's odd to me how, um, to be honest, it's odd, like, how consistent his reign has been, I guess, like, 
no slowing down. Yeah, no, nah, it's it's been really good. They've handled it really well, and I think think he's a pretty good champion. When he he kind of took it, I was like, oh, I don't know. But yeah, he he's come a long way, and I really liked it. And I also super liked yeah. it when he rocked up on Dynamite wearing that Danny Havoc shirt. That was badass. Yeah. R.I.P. Danny Havoc. Cool. Anyway, we're going to use that. We're going to wrap it up. I'm going to go cook some dinner and wake up my poor sick wife. Um, I did see, um, before we go, I mm-hmm. did see some potentially worrying news on topic. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Moxley title match scheduled for December 2nd episode of Dynamite. Oh, Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if they're flipping a title then. That's weird. Yeah, I know. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's an odd one. Mm. Um, Maybe they will. Maybe they're like, look, titles can flip on our main show. That'd be weird. Mm. It'd be very, very weird. It would be weird. Seems like a waste. Sounds like a bum finish and push it back to something else. So, Yeah, yeah cast your votes now, listeners. Yeah, we will, yeah exactly. What do you think is going to happen? All right. Canada, what do you think? Exactly. Yeah. Canada, the only country that listens. Please tell us. Uh, okay, just quick face and feel for the night. What's yours? Give me some time to, the, to think about it. Tell okay. us yours. Okay, then. God damn you. All right. I, uh, I, mine I was, is was face and feels, Eddie Kingston, uh, everything he does. There you go. <laughs> uh Come on, Travis, you can do this. <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. I'll I, do it. For, I, I, is it John I, Silver I, and Hunger? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I That was where my mind first went, but no, I, I think it's still Hangman. Like that he, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I am so much more invested in that storyline than anything else. Yeah, you love it. At the moment. You love it. I just... Uh, I like I like the field. Yeah, well, you like, you point out to me like people should go watch the re- most recent episode of BTE, but watch past yeah. the credits and the sad bit that happens at the end. We won't spoil it. Go watch it and uh, tell us yeah. what you think. The most like the so I that, that Kingston promo hit me pretty hard, and then that end bit where after the credit fake out, I was like, that's devastating. Yeah, just weeping. Weeping to yourself in your shit-smelling car. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I watch everything. I just yeah. uh, I, I get home and I don't go inside. I just sit in my car and yeah, it's comforting just, to you. And, and until I have to go to sleep, and then I go inside and sleep, and then I come back out and do it all over again until I go to work. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, then let's wrap it up, Travis. Okay, on uh, if you want to talk to us, tell us we're wrong about our opinions, or give us yours. Please check us out on social media at Faces Feels Cast on Twitter and Instagram, or if you want to send us an email and be like, "Hey, stop doing this. Young Bucks are the best, and you're wrong about that match." <laughs> Uh, you can also send me a nice person. Yeah, exactly. You could do it. You just send us an email at to which one is it? Faces and feels at gmail.com. Thank you everybody for yeah. listening. Travis, thanks for sitting in your shitty car for this entire time. And, and until then, well, there you go. Peace, love, pro wrestling. Peace out, Trav. Goodbye. Bye.